as the disciples to take up our cross and follow him. We all have a purpose. We all have a design. We all have something God has given us uh, to use for his glory. You'll see a ton of people wearing these shirts, these jerseys. We're kind of emphasizing uh, uh, the dream team in this series and how, how you can get involved. We've got Easter coming up. Uh, probably, probably the greatest day of the year for the church. I mean, it, it really is. It's the church's Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's a time when, when the most unchurched person will go to church is on Easter. And we want, we want you involved in making that happen. Uh, we kind of, kind of a theme that we're, 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 we're trying to use with this particular, uh, series is you can make a difference. You can make a difference. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. You can make a difference in somebody else's life. Now think about this. Think about this. Someone going to heaven or hell, you can make an impact on which way they go. Now, that's big. I don't care who you are. Amen? And, and we want you to be involved in that and be praying about that. And, and this, is, this, this is what I want your prayer to be. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? We've got, we've got a table with some ladies there with these shirts on uh, that, can, that can help you if you've got any questions whatsoever about where you can uh, sign up, where you can be involved in making this happen. So we want you to be praying about that and doing that. All right? Today, we're going to read a parable a story that Jesus tells about the kingdom of God and, and, and how we can use it and understand it in everyday life. If that makes sense, say amen. Look here in Matthew 25, Matthew 25, verse number 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, another two, and another one. To every man according to his several, what? His ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid i was afraid and because i was afraid he said i went and i hid man that's that's terrible because i was afraid i hid thy talent in the earth there thou hast that is thine his lord answered and said unto him thou wicked and slothful servant thou knewest that i reap where i sowed not and gather where i have not strawed thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming i should have received mine own with usury in other words you should at least get interest off of it 
Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy, your kindness. Father, I pray that you'll use this for your glory. Please help me to deliver your word and your truth today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. We find Jesus telling a story of the kingdom of God and, 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 and the way things are. And, and Jesus is always using parables, which is basically a story to illustrate a truth. He tells a story to teach them something and to illustrate a truth or a principle that he's wanting them to get. And we find Jesus talking about a servant, or actually three servants, and a master. A man who is very wealthy, who leaves talents to his servants. Now, understand what a talent is. A talent uh, is, a, is a portion of money. Uh, some scholars believe that one talent was about 20 years' wages. 20 years' wages. So even the one talent was very significant. Amen? Now, I don't want to use this as money. Now, we can apply this and we can, we can use this principle as far as God giving us money and that type of thing. But I want, to, I want to apply it a little bit differently. I want to use this talent as an opportunity for you to use your ability. All right, say that with me. This talent was an, an opportunity for you to use your ability. What am I saying? I believe the Bible clearly without without question clearly teaches that Jesus Christ has given us all gifts he's given us all um, an amount of ability an amount of talent uh, he has gifted us with things that we have uh, Ephesians chapter number four you can go to Romans you can go to Corinthians I mean it, it's, it's obvious that God has said I have left behind talents to use I've given you something and this story tells of a man who goes on a far journey and he divvies out to his servants individually their talents, what he wanted them to have. And then one day he came back. There was a reckoning day. There was an accounting day. And they had to give an account for what the master had given to them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want everybody in here to know that this story plainly teaches us that God has given us something to use he intends for us to use it, and one day we're going to give account to him for how we did. No question whatsoever. No question whatsoever. And, and, and so, so this story, I, I want to I take a few things from this story that I believe will help us today uh, when it comes to this area of our life. There's way too much preaching, way too much teaching uh, that gives you the insinuation that God is up in heaven, and he is the servant, and we are the master. We make the prayer, we command it to be, we call it out as it was, and, and God is up there to do what our bidding is. That is not biblical, that is not right, and that is, matter of fact, that's devilish. He is the master, we are the servant. God has created us for his own glory. Everything we do is to bring glory to him. He is in charge, he is the boss, he is the one, he is the potter, we are the clay. He is the father, we are the child. Somebody say amen. He is the boss. And no matter what happens this week, don't get wigged out about it. He'll be just as in charge tomorrow as he is today. He is God Almighty. He is Lord. He is sovereign. He is supreme. What's the point? God did not make this earth and make everybody to go in it and said, Have a good time. I'll see you later. 
Too many of us have that implication that I'm going to live my own life, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to live the way I want to live, and then I'm going to, when I need something, I'm going to call him to get what I need. Oh, we would never say that, but that's how we're living. That's not, that's not the way it is. He made you on purpose. He made you on purpose. He gave you a reason for being here. He gave you a reason for being here. And that's what I want to talk about. Now, through this story, there's a few things that we can learn. Number one, number one, if you're writing notes, we can take this from verse number 14. Look what, look what the, uh, now, now, let's clarify something before we go into this. How many of y'all believe uh, God gave us all gifts? Okay, so that's clear. We all believe that. Some have a bunch, some have a few, but we all got something, right? God gave that to us. Now, here we go. Okay, now, make sure we're all together on that. Look here in verse number 14. Verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now watch. Let me read this again. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. That man is illustrating Jesus. That's the Lord. All right? He travels into a far country and called his own servants. We are the servants. Y'all with me? We're the servants. And delivered unto them, you and me, what's the next word? Say it again. Say it again. His goods. Preacher, what are you getting at? What am I getting at is this, number one. Number one, write this down. What you have is not yours. Huh. Now, I can apply it all the way down. I mean all the way down. Your family, your job, your money, your finances, every part of your life is not yours. Well, I just don't think that's biblical. Let's try this. Psalms 24.1. Psalms 24.1. The earth, that's where you live. Anybody live anywhere else? All right, all right. The earth is the Lord's. Whose is it? The Lord's. And the... Now, what does that mean? That means everything in the earth. That means the clothes you wear. That means the air you breathe. That means the house you live in. The fullness. Everything in this earth is the Lord's. The world. And they, that means you and me, even the people that dwell therein, they belong to him. Y'all with me? Now, what does that, what does that tell us? Everything we have is his. Everything we have came from him. Our giftings and our talents in Corinthians, it teaches us that he gave them out as it pleased him. Now, what can we take from that? What can we take from that? There's a few things that we can learn from that. Number one, you need to be thankful for what you have. You need to be, you need to be thankful for what you have. Number two, you don't need to be arrogant for what you have. Because he gave it to you. It's not because you're any better than anybody else. You should not be arrogant for the gifting that you have. So what? You can sing good. So what? You can preach good. So what? You can teach good. So what? You can do all of these things. You didn't have it. He gave it to you. Now, what else can we take from that? Not only should we be thankful, not only should we not be arrogant for our gift, we should no longer be envious of somebody else's gift. Now, I, now, listen, listen. I, I, I'm going to just pick all day today. I picked on me. So I didn't, I didn't even venture out into the congregation. I just talked about my failings and shortcomings. 
There's been many times in my life, there's been many times in my life that, that I've wanted to be able to preach like somebody else. I really have. There's been times you, you'll hear certain preachers that are very intellectual, very educated, and man, they could just let it roll. I, and it makes it sound so incredible. I love being able to say, especially, not, not boring ones, I'm, but I'm talking about ones that are saying something. Are y'all with me? There's some people that can preach for uh, uh, four minutes, and it seems like four days. Amen. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that one that's eloquent, that just has that. Some, Boy, I'd love to preach like that. And, man, there's some that can, man, they can preach and have you laughing your head off. And there's some, boy, they can just tell stories and just gripping stories and grip your heart and tears dripping off you. Man, they just have the ability to communicate. And, boy, I'd like to be like that. And I, I remember I remember when I was first starting out, I, I, would, I would get with my dad and, 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 you know, my dad's my hero, and he, he's the first preacher I ever heard. Uh, uh, he was my, my pastor, my father, my, my preacher. And, 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 and my dad, I grew up in an old-time church. I don't know how, what most of y'all's church background. Some of y'all don't even have a church background. It's the only church you've ever known. But some of y'all come from old-timey church. How many of y'all have one of them old mountain preachers that, that sound like a Husqvarna chainsaw? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean, they just got with it, red face, and preached the house. And, 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 and if they wasn't foaming at the mouth during the introduction, they wasn't doing anything. Amen? Well, my dad was that kind. He would literally preach, and he was kind of a big fella at the time. And when he preached, he'd preach so hard, sweat would drip off his tie. Now, that's getting with it. Say amen. And I, I, I mean, I used, to, I used to look at that, and you got to understand, I'm this little shy, little skinny worm. Well, I was at that time. I was a little skinny wormy thing, and, 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 and I would say, man. And I asked to my dad, I said, Dad, when him, because I, I would preach, and it'd last about three minutes. I bet y'all wish for the good old days, didn't you? I mean, I'd just get up there nervous, say what I had to say, and come down, and, 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 and boy, I just wanted to preach like him. I said, Dad, when am I going to preach like you? When am I going to be able to preach like you? And this was his spiritual response. He said, son, you don't have enough behind to preach like me. That was, that was spiritual, wasn't it? Amen. And then he said this. He said, son, don't worry about preaching like me. You ain't me. God didn't make you to be me. God made you to be you. You just be you. Don't worry about the educated. Don't worry about the, the charismatic. Don't worry about all these people that, that, listen, you be Malcolm. There ain't nobody that can be Malcolm like Malcolm can be Malcolm. So just be what God made you to be. And we have people desiring to sing like this one or desiring to be able to do what this one does. Or, listen, you are dishonoring God by doing that because God made you the way he wanted you to be. Say amen. There's something, and I'm going to just run a little rabbit right here, uh, but he's jumped, so let's chase him. Amen? God knows you. God knows you better than you know you. You say, what's the point? God knows what will make you happy. How many times? I'll, I'll illustrate. Remember, I'm picking on me today. There, there's, there's been times. There's been times. And you've got to understand, Coleman fits me perfect. I'm talking about do you realize I can kick a hound dog off my back porch and go hunting from my yard? Say amen. I'm talking about I don't even have to get in the truck. Just get in the yard and go. Here, here we go. Turn. <laughs> Perfect. But there's been times I thought, boy, you know what? If Temple was in Atlanta, because there's tons of people in Atlanta or Charlotte or Dallas or one of these big cities, man, I tell you, we could, we could build a church, just, a, a, just an unbelievable-sized church, and do it faster, and we're in this little town, and it's, it's difficult in this little... And, 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 and them stupid thoughts going through your head. And so what God did, 
And don't forget, God is listening when you're thinking. So guess what? A pastor called from Atlanta and said, I want you to come preach a revival. So I did. When I got out of that motel and got on that interstate and went, and it was like, it was like six miles to the exit, 45 minutes later, I was begging God, saying, oh, God, if you will get me back to Coleman, I won't ne- I'll kiss the ground in the parking lot of the church. I won't never want to be nowhere else. You know what I learned that day? God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing when he gave this one this gift and that one that gift. God knew what he was doing. The second point proves my, what I'm saying. The second point is this. In the very next verse, it says that, that the master gave to the servant according to his ability. What does that mean? He knew the servant. He knew what he could handle and he knew what he needed. Well, I tell you what, if I could sing like, don't even say that. Don't even say that. If I could sing like some of these turkeys up here, I'd be a hoodlum. If I could play them instruments, I, I know pastors. I know pastors right now. Brother Craig Edwards, he writes songs. He's a songwriter, incredible songwriter, incredible. Can play any instrument there is on this platform, any one of them. Can sing, can preach the house down. And you know what? Sometimes I say, boy, I wish I could do that. But I, 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 no, no, God knows me. He knows me better than I know me. He knows what they can handle and what they need. So quit being envious of what God gave to somebody else. Do you, you want me to tell you why we can't have a party? Because we're too busy looking at what somebody else has. If we would just start thanking God for what we have and what God has delivered to us and what God has given to us, if we would put our focus on what we do have, we'd quit worrying about what we don't have. Amen. That's not part of the, I'm not even going to charge you for that part right there. Amen. But I guarantee you that would change your life. Because you'd quit worrying about the person. You know, uh, it, it's funny that, that, that we don't want what somebody else has till we see them have it. We're okay with what we have. We're okay with the car we drive. We're okay with the trailer we're in or the house we're in or the, the apartment we're in. We're okay with that till we see somebody. And then, am I preaching? Hey, God knows what we need. God gave it to us. Number one, out of this story, I want you to understand, what you have is not your own. God didn't give it to you just to hoard it, and God didn't give it to you to hide it. It belongs to Him, and God gave it to you to be a steward over it. What we have is not our own. Number two, God gave us what we can handle. We're given what we can handle. God knows what He's doing. Number three, number three, write this down. Write this down. We must invest what we've been given. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. In, in verse number 16, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, which basically means invested it, traded with the same and made them other five talents. Let me, let me show you what the Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10, if you'll put that on the screen. Watch this. Y'all, y'all look at the screen. Look at the screen. Watch this right here. As every man hath received the gift. How, many, how, how many's got one? Every one of us. Every one of us has got a gift. Has got something God has given us to use for his glory. Watch. As he's received it, 
even so minister in other words it wasn't yours to keep it was yours <coughs> excuse me to share it wasn't yours to hoard or hold on to it was yours to give out now watch this this is so important that we understand this truth as every man hath received a gift, God's given us a gift, God's given us a talent, God's given us an ability. Even so, minister the same. In other words, we're supposed to steward it out, we're supposed to share it, we're supposed to give it out. The same one, two. Now think about this a minute. Do you realize that verse teaches me that my gift is not for me? It's not. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Are, are, are you being blessed by my gift this morning? You know what this verse tells me? My gift is for you. My gift's not for me. My, my gift is not for my benefit. My gift is for your benefit. And if I don't use my gift, you're not going to be benefited. Now think about this. This morning... This morning, I woke up late. I woke up late, crazy morning. It's just, how many of y'all know when you start out it rough, it's just, usually it's that way to, you know. But it wasn't, thank God, God kind of redeemed it, and it was just great. But th I woke up late this morning, so I got to church a little bit later than I normally get. And, uh, and Brother Dustin, he's like wigging out. I mean, hey, where's the preacher at? Where's the preacher? Has anybody heard from the preacher? Does anybody know what the preacher is? You know what? He thought he was going to have to preach this morning. Now watch this. He needs my gift. But I need his gift. I need what he does every Sunday. I need, how many of y'all were blessed by those people who greeted you with a smile and a handshake? How many of y'all were blessed by these folks that practice every, every, every chance they get to sing like they do and to bless? How many of y'all got blessed by that singing a while ago? What if they didn't share their gift? Wouldn't that be a rough church service? What if these musicians didn't share their gift of the ability that God gave them to play these, these, these instruments? Wouldn't that be rough? Now, I'm not against a cappella singing, but I don't want to do it much. Say amen. I love hearing them guitars. I love hearing these, these instruments. And, and I, but what if they said, not sharing mine? You say, well, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to go to church here. Well, what about all you just sitting out there and you're sitting on yours? You come and receive what everybody else is sharing, but you're hoarding yours up. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Amen? God wants you to share. God wants you to use your gift, not for you, but for the blessings of others. And when you are using your gift to bless others, guess what? He is being glorified. That makes sense, say amen. Now watch. Watch this. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Verse 19. Number one, number one, say it back to me. We're going we're 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 hurrying right here. Number one, what we have is not ours. Number two, we're given what we can. Number three, number three. We must invest. Say that with me. We must what we've been given. Number four. Number four. Look at verse 19. Verse 19, after a long time, 
the Lord of those servants cometh and, and, everybody say it, and reckoneth with them. Reckoneth. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but that kind of scares me a little bit. There's going to be a reckoning day. Let me, let me give you two other verses. Let me give you two other verses. Romans 14, 12. Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us, how many of us? Every one of us shall give account of himself to God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all, say it with me, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We're not going to be judged for our sins. But we will be judged for our works. You said good or bad, preacher. I know that. What that means is what you did out of a right motive and what you did for the glory of God, you'll receive a reward. What you don't, you'll suffer loss. Because according to the Scripture, all of our deeds, all of our works are, are either gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. Whatever was done for the right motive, whatever is done for the glory of God, it will come through purer than it ever was and shine for the glory of God. Whatever was done for the wrong motive, it'll burn up. I wish I could say every good deed I ever did for somebody was because I wanted to glorify God and I wanted to please them, but that's not so. And I, I bet if we, or excuse me, I guarantee if we would all be honest, we could all say that there's been times I did something good for the wrong reason. And those things will burn up. But the point of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, we're all going to stand before God. We're all going to stand before Christ, the one who had a crown of thorns beat into a skull, the one who had spikes driven into his wrists and in his feet, the one who was beat with a cat of nine tails to the point you could not even tell he was a man, that one that hung hours on a cross and was separated from his Father in heaven, the one who was spit in his face and spit dripping off his face, his beard plucked out, just so you could miss hell. We're going to stand in front of him. And we're going to give a reason why we did or did not be faithful with what he gave us. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of scares me a little bit because that's, 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 that's not a Bible story. That's a reality. One day we'll stand before God for what he's done for us. Now, what do we need to take from that? Look what, the, look what the guy with one talent, look what the guy with one talent did. Look in verse number 25. Verse, verse 25. Are you there? Say amen. Now, this guy with one talent, the other two, they went, invested it, and took a risk, and, 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 and they made, a, they made a, 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 help me, Jeff, what's the word? Uh, they, they made a profit. They made a profit with what they were given. They invested it. Now watch what the guy did who had the one talent. He said in verse 25, verse 25, and I was afraid. I was afraid. And because I was afraid, I went and I hid my talent. Actually, he said, I hid thy talent. I wonder, I, I just wonder how many talents are hidden in the American church today 
Because people are afraid to fail. Because they're afraid to take a risk. Here we have a great opportunity. You remember a talent was an opportunity for them to use their ability? And the master gave the servant a great opportunity, a great gift. And because, because of fear, they hid their talent. I wonder who in this church of 2,000 people can sing just as good as these up here or better, but they won't because they're afraid to fail. I wonder, I wonder who could teach or preach or lead or guide or administrate, but they won't because they're afraid to fail. Do you realize that fear is the greatest enemy to the steward of God? Let me, let me give you a hint. Let me give you a hint, though. When it comes to that truth, I want you to understand, if you're afraid of failing, you're depending too much on you. You really are. You're depending too much on you. Richard, what's the point? Let me illustrate this. I do not like crowds. I am shy by nature. I, it, it, just, it just scares me. I'm telling you, and a lot of people don't get this and don't understand. Last night, last night, uh, 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 I, was, I went to a ball game, went to a basketball game, and uh, I went to, went to see... Uh, 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 a young man played basketball and 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 because I went to see that young man I got there late and and because I got there late I had to park over there by the football field now I didn't like that already say amen right there but I knew there's no there's no parking in the parking lot so I said that gym's gonna be full of people and guess what it was full of people and I I was caught when I was going up into the gym uh, they called me and said, we're in the balcony. I said, thank God. They went in the balcony. There's going to be nobody in the balcony. And I get my popcorn and my Coke, and I go up the stairs, and I look, and the balcony is full of people. I'm talking about wall-to-wall people. And so I'm standing there at the opening of the door, and I'm looking, and I've got that look in my eyes, like, where's my people? And I'm looking because I'm feeling the longer I stand there, the dumber I'm feeling. And I'm thinking, where are they at? Where are they at? And I look and I finally, and my wife was all the way on the other end of the pigs. I mean, the farthest end away they could be. I had to walk in front of all them people. So here's the way I was. Had my popcorn, had my coat. You hear, preacher. Hey, how you doing? I'm thinking, don't call my name. Don't call me out. All the way. And, and, and here's what people well, You get up in front of 2,000 people every week, not on my own. If I had to do this by myself, if I didn't have God touching me and helping me and anointing me and giving me favor, I'd be hiding behind the counter back there. This is not me. So, Kobe, you better appreciate my presence, son. Amen. It shows how special you are. Amen. Listen, I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid on the school bus, I wouldn't ever look at nobody. I'd get on the school bus and look down and look for an empty seat and pray to God there's an empty seat and sat down and prayed. Nobody sit with me, oh God in heaven, Jesus, please let them pass by me. You think you'd grow out of that. 
But I found out I didn't because when I got on the plane last time, I went down the same way. Oh, God in heaven, please don't let nobody sit with me. Oh, now I've seen, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Get on the plane, you see that one coming, you say, dear God, not that one, please not that one. Don't y'all look high and mighty at me. Is there anything more glorious than an empty seat on an airplane beside you? Say amen. I hear people talking about all the time, yes, I'm witnessing on the plane. I'm pre- I ain't witnessing to nobody. I'm telling you, I'm sitting in my chair. I'm not minding my own business. Y'all know where I sit on the airplane? The very back seat. You know why? Y'all ever heard of a plane backing into a mountain? <laughs> Say amen right there. I don't know why I said that. I just felt like saying it. Amen. What's my point? If you were doing what you can do, it wasn't what God called you to do. Think about that a minute. I'm, I'm almost done. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to pray here in just a second. But think about this, this just, just a moment. If you can do what you're doing, you're not doing what he called you to do. Say, preacher, that don't even make any sense. Let me ask you a question. Do you think David could whip Goliath? I couldn't hear you. No. Goliath is nine and a half foot tall. David is a young man. He's a shepherd. Goliath is a man of war, and according to Scripture, he was a man of war from the time of his youth. Dave, I wonder how many people Goliath killed in his, his career. There's no telling how many men fell at the hand of Goliath. But guess what? God called little David. And David went and whooped the snot out of him. Say amen. But if you will study the scripture, do you know what it says? When David went down in that valley, he said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. I'm not coming to you with talent. I'm not coming to you with with my, my skills. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And everybody on this planet, everybody on that hill, everybody on that hill will know there's a God in Israel. What's my point? If you're afraid you're going to fail, guess what? You probably would. But when you stretch out and take a risk and do what God's called you to do, He's going to do it through you. It will be His gifting in you that gets the job done. Why does God operate that way? So he's the only one that can get credit for it. There's nobody in this building. There is absolutely nobody in this building that knows how unqualified I am to do this job. Nobody knows it like I do. Nobody, nobody understands how desperately, how much I need God to help me to do what I do. But here we are. And if you're unwilling to take a risk and believe God, if you're unwilling to step out of that boat and walk on the water, how many, how many blessings are you missing? I, honest to God, when God was calling me to preach, I, I, I would almost get panic attacks. There's no way I can get up in front of people. I don't even like people. I said, my, my brother would be perfect. He's mean. Amen. Call him. It scared me to death. 
I knew I was called to preach many years before I ever had the courage to surrender because I was scared. But you know what, Brother Jeff? I can honestly say this right now. I don't, I don't think there's anything in my life, even coon hunting, as much as I love coon hunting, I don't think there's anything in my life that I enjoy more than doing what I'm doing right here. And I can look back, what if at 17 years old, I said, I'm just not willing to risk it. I'm not willing to take a risk and do what God's called me to do. I can't imagine on all the blessings that I would have missed out on if I would have hid my talent. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't hide your talent. There is, there is a nuclear size amount of power and ability and talent that's staying hidden in the American church because we're afraid. Don't be afraid. What if I fail? So? So what? Go again. Everybody's failed. Everybody's lost a game. Everybody's made a mistake. So what? Get up and go again. Listen, you can. I'm telling you, you can. The scriptures say that you can. Prove it. Okay. I can do how many things? All things through that strengthens me. Preacher, what, what am I saying? Whatever it is God's calling you to do, He'll give you the power to do it. And He'll give you the ability to do it. But you've got to be willing. Are you willing to take a risk this morning? Are you willing to take a risk and say, Okay, Lord, here I am. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't, know how, I don't know which direction this is going to go. But God, I'm willing to surrender. If you will just get to that point, He'll take care of the rest. Are you willing to surrender this morning? I'm going to give you a chance. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. Dave, if y'all come on up and get ready. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. And if you'll do this, if you'll do this, is the invitation. I want to challenge you right now. Come and surrender. Come and surrender. we got a whole altar right here. Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to mess with you. If you need to be saved, we'll have some altar workers over here. Ladies for ladies. Gentlemen for gentlemen. But if you're here today and you're scared, Maybe you're afraid. I want you to come and take the first step in that surrender. Just right now. Just find a place in this altar and say, Lord, I surrender all. We're going to sing the invitation is, I surrender all. I want you to come literally and tell God in your prayer, I surrender all. I'm not going to let fear hold me back anymore. God, I surrender to you. I'm willing to do. Lord, I'm afraid, but I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to do what you've called me to do. You come as we sing. Lord, bless us now. Bless this invitation. Help those that are here in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet. Everyone stand. Everyone stand. Come surrender. Come surrender. Come let it go. Come give God an opportunity to use you. Come give God an opportunity to take your gifts and your abilities and your talents and multiply them for the glory of God. Would you come? Would you come? Sing, son. I surrender. Are you using... Are you using what God gave you for His glory? Are you using it to the best of your ability? Oh, come give it to Him. Come give it to Him. Blessed Savior, I
surrender. Oh, keep on singing.